0: Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, May 1st, 2020. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Jonah Booker. Welcome to May. I don't know if it can be any worse than April, Jonah, but I feel like it's going to be better.
1: I think it's going to be better as well. I mean, April seemed like it it was two months long instead of actually one. So with a lot of things starting to progress in the right direction here, Uh, i'm excited this hopefully that may is going to be much better than what we saw with april and march one of the nice things about
0: april in addition to the nfl draft and all of the excellent recruiting for ohio state was going back and watching old ohio state michigan games i've been doing that on my own through the dvr and through just youtube but last night ESPN featured, you know, they call it the Game of Inches, the 2016 Ohio State-Michigan game, the only overtime game in the history of the rivalry with the Buckeyes, of course, winning. You know, everybody's going to talk about the JT Barrett run. What's interesting to me, Jay Book, is the 2016 Ohio State-Michigan game, is that the highlight of the Jim Harbaugh era? Is almost beating Ohio State the peak of the Harbaugh era at Michigan?
1: It's probably right up there. It was the closest that they've come to beating Ohio State. If you talk to a lot of people, they will say that that game right there, it really shaped the program of Michigan going forward as we see it today because if Michigan wins that game, they're going to the Big Ten Championship and, and they got that signature win over Ohio State. The program will probably look vastly different. Since then, it's been a a slow grind downhill for them as far as the national perception because think about it at the time when when Harbaugh first came in he was headline news all over the place from the camps and all of the recruiting antics you had Colin Cowherd and people saying that he's a, a top three coach that's coming in here and he had that sizzle coming from the NFL a guy who hosted the Super Bowl the Michigan faithful they were riding high and thinking that he's going to be the next coming of a, a dynasty builder. And after that game, after they lost that one, it, it's kind of been a, a somber reality to Michigan that the program uh, is second rate when it comes to a Hall State.
0: Yeah, that game was, you know, all joking aside, I mean, that was a great game. You know, also on ESPNU yesterday was showing the, the 2006. Ohio State Michigan game number one versus number two. I mean, that I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. I mean, Bo Schimbeckler, I'll never forget this. I was live on the air when Bo passed away the day before the game. To say that was eerie um, is an understatement. And then that game lived up to the billing. You look, you look at that 2006 game, trestle against Lloyd Carr, one versus two, and look at the final score, 42 to 39. Doesn't really do it justice. Ohio State it definitely wasn't a blowout, but it felt like they had control for most of that game. What were kind of your re- recollections 10 years earlier from the 2016 game? What's your recollections from that 2006 game?
1: Yeah, that game right there, that was peak Ohio State-Michigan rivalry. Um, you mentioned the number one, number two team in the country. And the thing about it um, was at the time, think the wound was extremely fresh when it comes to Ohio State fans Having that feeling and that gut wrenching feeling in their stomach of losing to Michigan on the big stage for a big game. Um, obviously, Jim Trestle had that team playing at the highest level, but no matter what, you always had to you always had to, in the back of your mind that Michigan could beat them, and especially when the stakes were so high, national championship appearance on the line. And, and the thing that was cool to see about that game is how it crept into the night. Just seeing the Michigan and Ohio State game playing under the lights, I've been I've been longing for that thirst ever since then. I know a lot of people, traditionals, love the, the noon kickoff. But me, I just want a taste of that, that lingering second half just rolling into the night uh, in that rivalry game. And I, I remember that vaguely. But the – the game was just such a back-and-forth game, the NFL talent on both sides of the ball there, and just seeing Troy Smith step up in the big way. And i never forget that run that Beanie Rails ripped off. I mean, you, you probably could hear people screaming all across the country, Ohio State fans, because they were so pumped up.
0: No question about it. Yeah, such great memories. Man, I mean, basically any game this century, you know, Sands 2003 and 2011 is great memories for Ohio State fans in the Ohio State-Michigan game. With the century, of course, beginning in 2001, not 2000. Hello, Seinfeld. Um, Also, hello, Facts. Uh, (laughs) Let's switch some gears and talk some recruiting. What do you think is going on with J.C. Latham?
1: Yeah, it's pretty crazy because – for the longest period of time, Ohio State has been considered the overwhelming favorite to land him. It was just kind of a situation here where it's a, a matter of when. And then recently, an Oklahoma insider posted on their boards that Ohio State's not even in the top three, according to his his intel. And Our own very own, our very own Bill Curley said he 100% does not buy that. Um, I still believe that Ohio State has established this relationship uh, for a long period of time here if Ohio State is not in the top three I would be absolutely shocked uh, and I'm not buying the Oklahoma 24-7 insiders report um, but I think this is a kid that has a potential five-star if you look at the ranking he's another bookend tackle uh, right now Ohio State is stockpiling the the high-end tackles at that position and I think the way Ohio State is recruiting Um, it's on absolute fire. This is a train that you do not want to get in front of. If you're telling me that it's going to be coming down, this kid's going to be making his decision very soon, and Ohio State has led for the majority part of his recruiting, you look at Ohio State right now where they're building a monster class, a potential historic class, and, and Ohio State is right in the thick of things here, smart money is that this kid will end up being at Ohio State. Even if he commits to somewhere else, there's a long way to go. I still believe the Ohio State, even if he verbaled to somewhere else, would still heavily recruit him because of the relationship factor.
0: Before we get into image and likeness, Jay Book, um, who else other than J.C. Latham are you kind of keeping a close eye on on the offensive line front? Would it be Jager Burton? Just Who else you, are you kind of keeping a close eye on with 2020 or 2021 offensive line recruiting for the Buckeyes?
1: Yeah, I, I would just say Jager, Jager Burton is definitely the, the guy to keep an eye on. Um, it's that one's going to be a much more tougher pull, uh, considering that he is a you know he's a Kentucky kid, but at the same time Ohio State has been in pretty good position with him. Um, not a lot of crystal balls with him, only three just come in, but uh, you can you can bank on the fact that Steve Wilfong has a crystal ball in for Burton going to Ohio State, and that's his case. You really have to like Ohio State chances here, but I think those two offensive linemen is what you. Is what you want to go ahead and build the foundation on when it comes to the O line and providing depth down the line.
0: All right, let's get into image and likeness—the biggest story of the week in college sports. Now, I know when you were at Ohio University, if this existed, you'd be a multimillionaire right now, even more of a multimillionaire than you are right now (laughs) uh, during your playing days for the Bobcats. But huge news, and you know, for those that don't know, this will start with the 2021-2022 academic year so it won't take place this year um but just how do you see this impacting college sports jay book
1: yeah first i i have to start out by saying is you look at what they're what they're approving and credit to gene smith because he was the one that really spearheaded this thing for the ncaa gene went to bat and ohio state fans can uh Put their hands in their face on this one because it was total BS at the time. Was the tattoos and the memorabilia that whole scandal with Tatgate that's now going to be legal? Kids can now be paid for signing their memorabilia, uh, signing um, their autographs, and also selling their memorabilia will no longer be a violation. Which, you know, looking back at it, the whole Jim Trestle fiasco was way overblown in the first place. and. It was just a big media fake outcry. I I was joking last week, um, just pulling up some of the old ESPN and Sports Illustrated covers, and they were staying like the biggest scandal ever. Like, you look back at it now, and it's very trivia that Ohio State was hit so hard. And reinstate all the the vacated wins. And uh, even though Jim Trestle probably doesn't want to get back into coaching, uh, remove that show cause, let that man get back to uh, getting his name righted. But uh, with that being said, with the new rules, I think this is going to be huge for the major programs uh, who's going to be able to, you know, have have their recruits and their kids, players, especially their star players, make some bank here. If you look at Ohio State, they're already starting to capture uh, that noise there, just talking about the. Uh, economy situation in Columbus how the market is booming as far as growth potential and the the booster connections here because one thing that the NCAA was looking to approve is um, if there is some some form of booster related to the endorsement uh, they're still going to allow that the only thing is is the school the player cannot uh, use the school to publicize whatever he's endorsing meaning that uh Justin Fields can't show up in a car dealership commercial with an Ohio State uh polo shirt on. He has to be able to profit off his own name and likeness. And I think this is big time because if kids are seeing that top recruits are getting deals at as different programs, that's where they're gonna that's where the money's gonna be at. So uh you have to still stay above board with things here. You still have to have compliance involved they have to be able to track the, the money and there needs to be a form of a paper trail here uh, but with that being said I think it's going to be the haves and the haves nots because a place like Columbus a program like Ohio State is going to provide ample opportunity for high-end players to cash in off their name and likeness.
0: Yeah as you have touched on I mean if You know, there's a lot of Ohio State fans listening to this podcast, shockingly. There might be some Ohio State fans listening to this podcast thinking, I don't like this. But if you're an Ohio State fan, you should like this, in my opinion. If you're about, like, trying to give Ohio State even more of a competitive advantage, I I don't see how this is going to hurt Ohio State. I think this will only help Ohio State, Jay Book.
1: Yeah, and what you're going to see later on down the line is you're going to see programs publicizing deals that their kids are getting that's going to be the fruits of the labor there like it's kind of like a a agent saying hey i signed this many players to x amount of contracts or guaranteed money rich paul was able to get all of his clients they're guaranteed 90 percent of their salaries similar situation if you're recruiting a kid and you go in there and you're saying, hey, not only will we be able to provide you with a top-notch education, um, you'll be able to have a, a, a straight pipeline to the NFL if you're a starter at Ohio State. But look at us, look at our revenue that our players are generating off their lightness compared to Michigan or compared to uh, Clemson, which is in a much more rural area. That's going to be something that teams are going to be using as a major recruiting tool after the data piles up.
0: Fantastic knowledge as usual from Jonah Booker. Thank you very much, J-Book. And thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning in the show. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. Let's hear that book out swag, best damn band in the land.